This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Welcome back. If you are one of the millions of Canadians living with hypertension or high blood pressure, then you know how important it is to manage your heart health. That means managing your medications and using tools to help support a heart-healthy lifestyle. We know it's not easy, and I'm here with our trusted contributor, John Papasturgio of the Ontario Pharmacists Association, to talk about heart health. Before we start our conversation, let me give you the numbers. If you have questions about high blood pressure, high blood pressure meds, or anything related to your pharmacist, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. John, welcome and thanks for being here. It's great to be back, Libby. Okay, so what are, you know... If you're, you've just been diagnosed with hypertension, what's the first thing? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a shock to some people, I think. They, uh, the, the problem with hypertension is usually you're not symptomatic, right? So you could be walking around, you feel great, you go in, uh, doctor will check your blood pressure, it might be high. Generally, we don't, we don't make a diagnosis on one reading, so they may ask you to go back. Uh, uh, usually after a couple of readings, they have a sense if you're running high. And now you have to do something about it. So, I mean, there's a, a different things that you can do. The reality is this afflicts many Canadians. We think, we think almost 8 million Canadians have high blood pressure. Um, only 5 million of them are diagnosed. So there's a lot of us walking around that don't even know. I know. That's, that's kind of the scary part, that people are walking around with this and they don't even know. That's right. And, and, and people ask me all the time in the pharmacy, so what? Who cares? I have high blood pressure. I feel good, right? It's not the high blood pressure itself. It's it's what it causes, right? So increases your risk for heart attacks, kidney disease, all these other issues that uh, stem from having high blood pressure. You know, your risk for stroke goes up and all. And these are very, very serious consequences. So I think now, you know, you've been diagnosed. It's uh, it's up to you to make some changes, A, uh, and most importantly in your lifestyle. That's, that's a you know, a big part of it. And we know... Uh, lifestyle will uh, affect blood pressure. You know, exercise is a huge thing. Managing your diet, whatnot. Uh, you know, once you're doing that, there's a percentage of patients that even with lifestyle changes, they're still going to have high blood pressure. It's genetic. As you get older, uh, you know, the, your your vessels get a little bit more tense. Uh, and there's medications to treat it. And, and you know, uh, that's kind of what we do. Uh, uh, and then if you get put on medications, you got to make sure you take them. Well, that's kind of the, the, the summary. Now, I'm, I'm a little worried about all of those people who are walking around with high blood pressure who don't know. So, I mean, you know, I know I can walk into my pharmacy and 
get my blood pressure taken. It's a pretty easy thing. Yeah, we do we do that a lot. It's funny. I I I, when I was at a meeting at our shopper's head office, uh, and they they said we do about 150 million blood pressure readings a year, or something like that. Like a, wow, a huge number in in our stores, right? So people do do that. Uh, what's important, I think, is if you're getting your blood pressure uh, measured and you get the result, let the pharmacist know. That's a good you know good discussion to have. It's uh, you know we're there to help screen the public, I think, and uh, um, if we we recognize that you been high a few times, you know, we may refer you off to get investigated a little bit more thoroughly. But that's why, you know, that's one of our roles, kind of helping people figure out their cardiovascular risk. Um, it's important to be aware of uh, what your risk for heart disease is. Okay. So, I mean, should, should, should we just tell our listeners here, if you don't know what your blood pressure is, just... I mean, you don't need an appointment. You just walk in and get a you test. Just walk in. Yeah, we've got a machine uh, it, kind of there in the pharmacy. Usually, in most pharmacies, right in the corner, you get it. I think it's important to know your your numbers. We usually say like a normal blood pressure is one twenty over eighty, right? So people will come in, freak out, they're high one day, and uh, uh, generally, uh, you know, uh, we don't treat uh, high blood pressure in, in most patients unless they're over one forty over ninety, right? So there is day to day fluctuation in your blood pressure. If you've been doing something, you're angry. In the morning, we know blood pressure tends to be a little bit higher, and it kind of drops off. Really, in the yeah, morning? Yeah, yeah, it's part of the the circadian rhythm. So it, it seems like uh, uh, corticosteroids that are released by your body. You know, they're 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 released in the morning when you get up, and you, we find people with uncontrolled uh, blood pressure. Many of them have their heart attacks or strokes first thing in the morning, and that's because they get that normal spike in their blood pressure in the morning, and it's enough to trigger one of these events. And if if you kind of are rushing in in the cold, would that put your blood yeah. Yeah, and, and that's what I, I try to calm people down. Like people will be rushing in. It's crazy. Like I remember during Christmas, people are in a rush. They're anxious. They do their blood pressure, and it's like 142 over 92, and they're freaking out. I'm like, calm down. It's one reading. Your your blood pressure can vary. But what we want to do is see if it's consistently high. So generally what I tell people is, okay, it's come back in three days. Let's do it again. Come back in a week. We'll do it again. If it's If it's consistently over that 140 threshold, you know, we, we refer them off to get investigated. Diabetics, the target's a little uh, lower. So if you're a patient with diabetes, your, your target's 130 over 80, right? And the reason, uh, remember I mentioned high blood pressure could affect your kidneys? Yeah. We worry about kidney health in patients with diabetes. So um, that's something that we, we watch out for in that patient population. Uh, what about people who are borderline? Yeah, so boy, that's a good question. Borderline patients, we try to manage with lifestyle first, right? So um, if we see your blood pressure is creeping up, it's over 135 consistently. Uh, generally, unless you have a lot of other risk factors, and that's important too, like are you a smoker, you know, do you have diabetes, uh, all these other things, we tend not to treat right away. What we do is, okay, let's see if, uh, you know, we make these lifestyle changes, what will happen to your blood pressure, right? Losing weight is a big part of it. If you could lose weight, you'll find your blood pressure will go down. Uh, uh, waist and circumference is another big risk factor and stuff like that. So, so, And you probably don't have to lose a lot of weight. No, you don't. And it's funny, uh, the changes can be pretty dramatic. For someone that's not exercising at all, they're not watching their diet, blood pressure is kind of up there, and all of a sudden they start making these changes, the blood pressure will come down normally on its own. The heart has to work less, right? So that's uh, 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 it's very, very important. And uh, But it's easier said than done. Yeah, 
you would know, John. You have lost quite a bit of weight yeah, recently. Been, Congratulations, uh, uh, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been training at uh, my gym. I, you know, was uh, and this is actually one of the reasons why uh, you know I, I kind of put a lot of effort into it. I went in for my annual physical, and uh, I wasn't over that threshold for high blood pressure, but I was getting up there. And, you know, I'm uh, in in my in my early forties. If you don't do anything now, it's just going to get worse. It's not going to get any better on its own. So I put a lot of effort into it, but it's uh, it's been a dramatic lifestyle change. Watching what I eat, making sure I get into the gym. Uh, you know, I try to go four times a week. Uh, I have a great trainer at uh, Pure Motivation Fitness there, and he kind of helps me, uh, and she helps me. Uh, they 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 help keep me on track. What I needed, I find, was I needed to get regimented. I always knew I was always active, but unless I put it in my schedule the way my schedule is, it's hard for me to get out. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. Yeah, I think, well, for exercise, certainly I know that for what I do, it's just there's a certain time. And if I miss that time, I do a little bit of exercise every morning. If I miss that window, it's not done. Yeah, you won't do it. And what, what I found, what I liked about my gym is there's an app. And when I pick the days I'm going to go in, it goes into my calendar. So now I feel bad about not going because it's in my calendar. It's just like any other appointment. And I find that helped for me. But everyone's kind of got to make a conscious, conscious decision. What is will work is for it them. easy to, to stick to a diet or watching what you eat? You know what it is? It's it's like when you're at the beginning, I find it's easier. What happens is like when you, you, you lose some weight, now you feel a little bit bad. And then you're, oh, you know what? I could slip this week or, you know, I'm going to go out and eat. Some, and, and it's being consistent. And, and that's that's sustainability. That's hard. But it really like you can't stop. That's the thing. If you stop, uh, you're going to revert back. OK, let's uh, hear from Hal in Kitchener. Hello, Hal. Yeah. Uh, good afternoon. I was about to say morning there, but it's afternoon. It's afternoon. And anyway, I want to agree with you guys because it's it's extremely important for another reason that you haven't yet discussed, and that's your pulse rate. I do my blood pressure at home every day of the week. Now, that may be excessive. I don't know. But I also go to the drugstore to do it, and my doctor only believes the strips when he sees the, uh, the print-off. But anyway, the long and the short is, the pulse rate is just as important. Mine went down to almost zero overnight. What? Well, it wouldn't have went to zero. And your right? druggist there would understand that that's a problem. So, so I think uh, you bring up a really good point, and that's what, kind of another area that we're starting to screen in community pharmacies is uh, is your heart rate or your pulse. I'm wearing my cool Fitbit here, right? Well, the so electrical I... part of it stops uh, working at the heart. Yeah, that's what... was working fine, I f- I as find... they explained to me, the cardiologist, but the electricals stopped working properly. Well, I find your heart rate is an overall measure of your general health. People with a higher heart rate, obviously your heart's working more, right? It's working more. Like yeah. some of our, these like super athletes, their resting heart rate goes down to like 45 beats per minute. That's incredible. That's one of the reasons I wear the Fitbit. One of well, the other reasons... Well, rate... on a regular basis for, for two days while I was in the oh, hospital. Oh, that's really low. Oh, that's, yeah, that's really And then in any case, after all the tests, the cardiologist gave me two options. He said, you can go home the way you are because thousands of people are running around every day with a low pulse rate and don't know because there's no symptoms. That's right. And, and said, it, or you can stay here. We'll put in a pacemaker tomorrow morning. You go home in a couple hours. That's, and I'll that's, take the second choice. That's <laughs> more rare kind of the situation you're I talking took the about. the second choice and uh, had a pacemaker installed, went home, and I feel fine. I mean, yeah. I had no problems beforehand. 
have no problems now. That's good to hear. Thanks for your call, Hal. You're very welcome. Hal brought up a good point, though, about rate, and we're starting to get involved uh, at screening rate more commonly in, in community pharmacies, and it's because we worry about something called AFib, atrial fibrillation. It's undiagnosed in many uh, people. It uh, it increases your risk of stroke by five times. So this is your heart kind of uh, having periods where it, uh, it uh, contracts uncontrollably, predisposes you to clots, shoots up to your brain, all of a sudden you have a stroke. Um, there's re- People are at higher risk, obviously. And it's uh, very, very common. John, hold that yeah. thought because we have to take a quick break, but we will be back. We'll be taking more of your calls about high blood pressure and things that are related, and we'll continue this conversation about uh, AFib, which is very, very common. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I'm here with our trusted contributor, John Papasturgio from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. We're talking about high blood pressure. We're talking about low blood pressure. We're talking about atrial fibrillation. I'm going to go right to the phones. The numbers to call again, 416-360-0740, toll free, 1-866-744-740. And let's go to Robin in Burlington. Hi, Robin. Hi. Hi, Libby. Hi. So I have a question for John. Go ahead. Um, I am on blood pressure medication. I'm doing the Remipril, the beta blocker, and the blood vessel relaxation pill. And the question I have is, does the beta blocker increase the cholesterol? Because my cholesterol has increased in the past year since I've been on the blood pressure medication. No, no. It, it's not generally thought to increase your your cholesterol. The, any clue off the top of your head what, what your cholesterol is, like how much it's increased? Uh, it's about, well, it went from about six to eight. Oh, yeah, it's pretty high, right? If we're yeah, talking about I am with a cholesterol. cardiologist, so I'm yeah. being sort of worked on it. But the, the medication that I've taken, which is a, a couple of them, they all give me cramps in my body, and I'm very tired. So... Honestly, I'm not taking it right now. So that's so that's I, what I was going to ask you. So you were probably referring to the statin that you were taking for your cholesterol. It's I'm known doing to cause simvastatin. Yeah, it's known to cause muscle cramping uh, and some some other uh, potential complications. The good right. news is there are alternatives actually. So um, at, with your cholesterol being that high, talk mm-hmm. to your cardiologist. Let's get you on something else. Let's try something like Ezetrol. There's actually newer agents now. There's a drug called Repatha. Fortunately, it's very expensive, but it works very well. But uh, with the cholesterol kind of uh, spiking that high, we got to manage it. It's just as dangerous as your, your blood pressure when it gets up there. So uh, bring that up with your, your doctor and let them know you're not taking it. This is a problem. A lot of right. the, the, the docs you'll get in or even your pharmacist, they assume you're taking the medication. And if right. you're not... Uh, your pharmacist be- would know because you aren't renewing it. Yeah, they yeah, don't renew, right. they don't take it. That's the oh. problem. They just leave it at, at home sometimes, I find. But they come and pick up the refill. Mm-hmm. So make sure, make sure you're take, uh, you, you let them know that you're not taking it right and another thing is that um the when i first started taking all this about a year ago my blood pressure started to stabilize but now it doesn't seem to be working and yet i'm at sort of almost a maximum of the medication by the way it's but you said you're not taking the medication or you're I'm, not taking it regularly are you taking your blood pressure medication i'm taking the blood pressure oh, all the are. time that's not a, but it doesn't seem to and initially about a year ago it was maintaining been 140 over 80 because I inherited high blood pressure. Sure. Um, but my lifestyle is perfect. It's like you could, 
I, I meditate, I exercise, I eat well, I sleep, but it's something inside of me that I can't control, obviously. Yeah, many people have what we call a, a treatment-resistant high blood pressure or hypertension. It's harder to treat. It doesn't mean we can't treat it. There are a lot of other agents available to us. Get in there. Talk to your cardiologist. I'm, I'm also concerned about that cholesterol. Have right. a discussion around uh, the challenges you're having with it. But I think we could get you on target. We may just okay. have to uh, you know, work, work on your medications. So one other thing okay. the injection. Yes. There's a new injection out. Yeah, that's the one I mentioned for cholesterol, Rapath. That's very expensive. Oh. It's a biologic agent. Okay. Works very well. Um, it's not covered by Ontario Drug Benefit because of, of the cost at this point. Um, it is covered by some third parties, but you have to be on a stand first. That's what made me think about oh. it with you because I thought, hey, you're not tolerating it. You may be a candidate, but it'll depend on uh, on your insurer. Okay, okay. Robin, okay, lot to think you. about. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Let's go to Anne in Etobicoke. Hello, Anne. Oh, hello. Yes, I'm just calling to find out. I'm hearing so much about this high blood pressure, and most people, I guess, have it. I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I'm low blood pressure. Yeah, the, you do and, get uh, low blood pressure patients as well. Are you you're symptomatic, though? Do you feel dizzy, lightheaded, anything like that? No, no, I don't. I feel great. I exercise and everything. I uh, watch my diet. And the only thing is that because of that, uh, the low blood pressure a little bit, I have to make sure, though, that I don't skip meals. Okay, what, what's your blood pressure? Do you know? Uh, usually it's about uh, 100 over 68. Yeah. If you're not symptomatic, uh, uh, you're okay. Your heart doesn't have to work as hard. I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, if, if you want to eat some salty snacks from time to time, it may help draw the blood pressure up. But you, don't, you shouldn't worry about low blood pressure unless you're feeling lightheaded or everything else. Uh, right, skipping right. meals That's and stuff is more around low blood sugar. Any type of warning Sorry? or problems with having that. Uh, I, I made a comment around the, uh, the, uh, the skipping meals and whatnot. That's, that affects low blood sugar more than blood pressure. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think for you, I wouldn't worry too much about it. You seem, you seem okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to see what yeah, you, what no you thought about that. Yeah, no, okay, good. thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's go to Fiona in Barrie. Fiona, hello. Fiona? Fiona in Barrie. Okay, we lost Fiona and Barry. I'll give the numbers again because we do have a few more minutes to take your calls. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We've been talking about blood pressure both high and low, and you were starting to mention atrial fibrillation, which is a big and common problem. Yeah, I'm glad Hal brought this up, actually. This is one of my areas of research interest, so it's, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad it came, on the sh- uh, came up on the show. But there's a lot of people wandering around with a- atrial fibrillation, we call it AFib, that aren't aware that they have it. And, and this is an area I think pharmacists could have an impact. That Sorry, how can you be unaware? Your heart is like going nuts. You don't nuts. feel it, though. That's the thing. Like, if it gets really high, you get the palpitations, but a, a lot a lot of times you get AFib and you're asymptomatic still, and that's the problem. So really? you're unaware. Yeah, absolutely. And these are and there's people walking around like that. And the general way that it's diagnosed is with an EKG. You go into your doctor and they'll see it. But it doesn't happen all the time. It happens sporadically, right? So we have a program right now. We're actually running a research uh, uh, study in across uh, three countries. So we've got it running in UK, Portugal, uh, in Canada. So I'm one of the research sites. Actually, we have it going in Qatar and uh, and uh, New Zealand as well. And what we're trying to do is screen patients in pharmacies by looking at their rate and just seeing. And, and sometimes it's easy as just to asking a patient, hey, what's your heart rate? Like if I look at my Fitbit and it's at 110, 
hey, there's something going on, right? Like if I'm not working out or whatever. Um, and it's funny, we've enrolled quite a few patients. And we're and I've captured in my store alone about four patients so far that had undiagnosed AFib. So potentially we could have saved those patients' lives because the problem is not the AFib, it's the stroke that it's can the result stroke that... after. And, and these patients tend to have devastating strokes. So it's very, very important. Okay, so here's, here's the thing. Is there an AFib? is usually an irregular heartbeat. I know a number of people who will occasionally get tachycardia, fast heart, fast heartbeat, but it's regular. Yeah, that's uh, that's a little bit different, you know. It's it's generally that uh, that it, what characterizes uh, uh, AFib is that it's irregular, right? And it's it's just kind of a weird contraction that's happening in the atrium. Um, you're right. I find I think that's not as concerning if it's a regular heartbeat that's happening more uh, more, more uh, faster and more frequently. Generally, that will bother people though. That people recognize that. That's when they say, "Oh my." I feel my heart's racing, right? And and it, before that happens, I think you can feel faint, right? You before? can, of course, yeah, because uh, uh, all of a sudden your heart's working a lot, a lot faster, right? Uh, you can't feel faint. You can't actually faint, and that's where people, you know, pass out and whatnot. Um, that, but that is something different. Uh, why AFib is important is because we have to treat it. And the way we generally treat it is with anticoagulants. So if you're at high risk uh, um, and there's kind of a scoring system we use, we put patients on blood thinners. And, and what the blood thinner does is if you go into these episodes of AFib, uh, the clots don't form that shoot up into your brain. So that's why it's important to, di- uh, to detect these patients early. But it's, it's funny you came up because we're really working on getting pharmacists more actively involved in this area. Okay. Uh, let's go to Ida in North York. Hi, Ida. Hi, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Go ahead. My question is, my pressure is at times um, mostly it is low, like say about 95 or 66 at times. Sometimes it's normal and sometimes it's a little on the high side, like 136 uh, over 79 or 136 over 85. So it kind of fluctuates. I know, of course, I don't eat right all the time because sometimes I'm eating chips. And I know that it goes a little high at that time when I, when I eat it on a regular basis. And my mother actually died of a stroke at age 71. And I'm That's really young. worried about that. Yeah. Uh, so what do I do in, in that case? What? I have been you advised know? to take um, a low dosage at 81 mg of uh, the aspirin. So it's a good question, actually. When when you give me those readings, I'm not very concerned. Remember, we said that the threshold is 140 over 90. You tend to be low most of the time. So your risk for stroke isn't really high because of your hypertension. I, I wouldn't consider you to be to have hypertension based on kind of what you're telling me. Um, yes. Do you have any other risk factors like diabetes, uh, high I cholesterol? I am pre-diabetic. I mean, we have diabetes in the family. My son is... Um, is a type 1 diabetic. My husband used to be, uh, he passed away. He was a diabetic. My mother was um, highly diabetic. So you have some family history there, but do you smoke or drink alcohol or anything like that? I don't smoke, but I do drink wine once in a way. At times I drink like two glasses. Yeah, that's all fine. So what I'm trying to get uh, get at with asking these questions, so kick on, what are your risk factors, right? Because you brought up a good point, and I get this a lot. Should I take a daily aspirin, right? Yeah. And we don't generally recommend that to everyone because aspirin taken on a daily basis can have consequences as well. Yeah, and it, your stomach. It can affect your stomach, you know, uh, predispose you to bleeds and whatnot. Based on what you're telling me, your risk isn't very, very high. Like, you don't have a lot of risk factors. I would probably tell 
tell you at this point, you don't need to do it. You know, obviously chat with your doctor and he'll give you an assessment because I, I see this all the time. People just picking up aspirin. I'm taking aspirin. They feel like because it's over the counter, it's safe and they'll never. But there is consequences to taking aspirin. Yeah, it, the, the, there have been a couple of studies that I've seen that basically said, <clears throat> excuse me, check with your doctor because it's really not for everybody. It, it isn't. And for primary prevention, especially what we're talking about, you know, uh, now, absolutely. Like, I, I think of it as risk. If you have a, many risk factors, maybe we would consider it. But in your case, I think your risk is very low right now. So my keep doing what you're doing. Keep exercising, yeah. watching your diet. Sorry. <laughs> my pulse is usually very high, like 95, 100 over, you know, like 100. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, a pulse range, like people's pulse will range anywhere from like, you know, 60 to 100. We still don't worry too much about that. If it's consistently at 100, you may want to get an EKG, like uh, talk to your doctor about that. But uh, again, as long as it's not 120, like I'm, I'm not panicking over that because I, I doubt it's 100 all the time. You know? I think you'd probably feel better, Ida, if you if you went and had all this Absolutely. checked out by your yeah, doctor. Sure. So maybe you should do that. Thanks for your call. You're very welcome. Thanks for your advice. Okay. But should I continue with the tablet or just not take it? Uh, the aspirin? Was that the aspirin? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, talk to your doctor. Let's see, because I, I think I, I'm not sure you need it. Okay, let's uh, let's try to get one more call in here. We've got Pat in Lakefield. Hi, Pat. Hi. You're on the air. Okay. Um, I have low blood pressure. Um, I've had a few dizzy but I was just on a, a very long flight, and I passed out. Oh, dear. And threw up. Oh, dear. And the blood pressure was extremely low. They called for doctors. Actually, I was very fortunate. There were three doctors on board. They hooked up an IV, and eventually it brought my blood pressure up enough where they didn't land, but um, it was really scary. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I say, I, yeah. I mean, it's funny. Have you seen a doctor since then? Not yet. Just yeah. Let's go get that checked out because that's like an abrupt drop, drop in your blood pressure, right? So yeah. I worry about if there's anything else going on. But definitely get that checked out. It seems like that's kind of the theme of the callers today. There seems to be more concern around the lower blood pressures right. and the higher. Generally, it's the high blood pressure we worry about. But there's there's always situations or examples like this. Generally, I find there's something else going on. Unless it was kind of a one-off. You're on the plane. You, you haven't really eaten. You've been tired. And right, it triggered right. this episode. But I, I'd feel more comfortable if you got to check that out. Yeah, because this is the third episode of the dizziness. Oh, well then... Oh, no, definitely go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. There could be something else going on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Alrighty. Thanks for your advice. No problem. Okay. Uh, I'm looking at the time, and uh, that is all the time we have. Uh, thank you so much to our trusted contributor, John Papasturgio from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.